I forgot. Uh, those are the start ones. I know. Just hit one of those. Okay, let me see. Roll this. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Welcome to Cross Baltic. We still don't have Chalk Knox. Every club membership that comes in goes towards bringing Chalk Knox on full time. You and, do realize that. And, and, and Chalk, if you're watching, notice our screens are not right. The coffee is not right. <laughs> Nothing is right. Oh, man. Well, hey. Welcome make to sure you guys share the show. Um, if you guys want to email us, contact us at crosspolitik at gmail.com. And I think that's it. We also, we also got some cool club membership things coming out that I'll hopefully I'll be able to reveal here in July. Okay. So kind of I'm going to tease that now. That, so, so David and some cool things. Okay. All right. Hey, we are really grateful to have with us on this uh, cross-Baltic midweek fixed um, Walt Heyer. Uh, Walt Heyer is on the line. He's a former transgender with a passion to help others who regret gender change. Mm. Walt travels extensively to share his story of redemption at conferences, churches, and universities. He's appeared on numerous radio and television shows in the U.S. and Canada, and including CrossPolitik. Yes. Walt's articles have been published online in The Federalist, The Daily Signal, Public Discourse, and others, and his many books are a welcome resource in understanding the issue. Walt, thank you so much for being on CrossPolitik. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Hey, thank, uh, thanks so much. And could you just briefly tell us, um, tell us uh, the the broad stroke version of your story, and and what what led to your emotional desires to want to become a woman? Mm. Well, uh, four years old, uh, I showed some curiosity uh, toward uh, cross dressing because I was at my grandmother's house who was a seamstress and made women's clothing. And so um, in that environment, uh, I was watching grandma make women's clothing and I became curious and and showed an interest in it. And she made me a purple chiffon dress and put me in it. And she uh, thought I looked tremendous. And uh, she began to uh, tell me how cute I was. And you could see her uh, just love on me as a little girl in a way that she didn't as uh, when I was a boy. So that began the, what we call uh, gender dysphoria, which back in, this was 1944. So there were no words like gender dysphoria, transgender. It's right, just right. Um, it, what we're taking today uh, as happened with me is a, it's a gender curiosity and turning it into gender dysphoria. So uh, there's where the, the flaw begins to uh, sort of build into this, um, phenomenon that we're seeing so many kids changing it's just it's a, it, kids should be curious about gender they just shouldn't be attempting to change it yeah and so um you know with that seed planted and having no resources for most of my early life i thought there was something wrong with me and that i should have been born a girl and uh, as i developed into this the first person i encountered was um, an activist in the lgbt who said i had gender dysphoria Mm. And that I needed to change genders and I was guided into getting hormone therapy and I changed genders and lived as a female for eight years, Laura Jensen. How, how, old, were, how old were you um, when you kind of... I was 42, 42 when I changed genders and 50 when I stopped. Okay. Um, and, and you were previously and, married too, weren't you? Yeah. And that's a curious thing that the audience needs to know is that probably 97% of the transgenders that I've worked with over the last 10 years since I've had my website, um, 97% of them are not 
homosexuals. There are heterosexual men who have had some trauma in their life or some issue, uh, some psychological or emotional or social disorder that was never properly treated, and they were diagnosed with gender dysphoria uh, and went down this path and lived to regret it. So um, it's not a homosexual issue. The homosexuals are drag queens. Okay. and actually aren't transgenders. Mm. Mm. So what what led you then, so you, you had uh, surgery and then uh, and lived as a woman for, did you say, eight years? Yes. And then what led you to change, to, to change back? Well, I was studying uh, psychology at UC Santa Cruz because I was going to become a counselor. Yeah. I wanted to become a PhD therapist yeah. and began to look in the books and I started reading, well, God, this is, these identity issues are psychologically based. And the first one I ran into was separation anxiety where a boy became a girl because his mother had died. And as a way for him to not feel like his mother had died, he assumed her identity. I call that separation anxiety. Okay. Hmm. So whether it's, uh, whether it's body dysmorphia or uh, schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or whatever it is, there is either a sexual component like autogynephilia or transvestic fetish or psychological, emotional, or social disorders that are in play here that never get properly diagnosed or treated. All they do is say, well, you have gender dysphoria and you need to, uh, you know, assume a different gender and take on different pronouns. And so this is where we've gone off the rails by we've seen the explosion in the number of people who identify as transgender who really aren't transgender at all. So it seems like what is going on here is people might identify that they have a problem, that they're thinking wrongly about something, and then a expert comes along and says, yes, you have gender dysphoria, and then they give you more poison. You know, they, they, That's they don't, exactly right. They just keep leading you down that path yeah. and saying, actually, just keep going down that path. Here, let me help you with surgery, medicine, whatever. That's exactly right. And when I work with people and, and they're writing me and, and they're saying, you know, they're struggling, and one of the first questions I always ask them, are you, are you sexually aroused by the idea or getting cross-stressed? And if they say yes, then what we have then is not transgenderism. What we have is either autogynephilia, which is a sexual uh, disorder fetish, or we have a transvestic fetish disorder. So if they are being uh, aroused by the idea or by cross-dressing, then we know that they're not transgender. We know that they have some sort of sexual fetish disorder. If they're a drag queen or something else, we can identify that. But most of them are not transgender at all. So what about the so-called uh, intersex people? So whenever I uh, – I'm a pastor, and whenever I have spoken out on this about you know the fact that God makes two kinds of people in the world, male and female, that's it, uh, almost um, – uh, almost uh, inevitably all, inevitably <laughs> yeah. the response is yeah. yeah but what about intersex people there are some people who are born with truly ambiguous sexual identity it, is that true and it is and how do you answer that and how do you answer that yeah well, yeah it's absolutely true uh, but there that is a medical condition that is identifiable because they'll have oftentimes either both genitalia or they'll have genitalia that's not developed yet uh, they are not transgender. So this is where uh, things become muddled. And, you know, this most of the people who are intersex like being intersex, like that identity. And 
uh, and they only go undergo surgery if they need it for medical reasons to properly urinate or something of that nature, but they don't usually engage in changing gender. That is like 0.008 of 1%. That's a very small population. So that should never be confused with a transgender who is self-identifying as a female. They are not intersex. Transgenders are not. That's why they have both both have different names. Yeah. Intersex are not transgender. Transgender. What's the chromosome makeup of an intersex? Well, it varies, doesn't it? Uh, you okay. ha- you'd have to look at each one of them and, and see what that component is because there's something that didn't fully or properly develop. Uh, but that's a medical condition. Transgenderism is not a medical condition. Okay. So you, you use the term disorder a couple times. And as, as yeah. Christians, I kind of want to stay away from uh, mm-hmm. sort of the clinical language of how to name mm-hmm. things because often it it can maybe mute the problems or challenges or it it takes away from the, what it's actually you know a sin um you know how do you reconcile kind of uh the disorder language with how the bible actually talks about some of these ways of thinking lust um lasciviousness and so forth well you know every individual that i work with has got something going on and so, yeah, there could be uh, some homosexual issues we've mentioned. There could be, um, there, there actually could be something underlying that needs to be treated. But there's also um, malicious uh, people who are defiant against the power and grace of Jesus Christ and uh, live their life that way. And um, so each one of these is an individual case that we need to work with on an individual basis and have tremendous compassion for what they're struggling with. And that's the way I, I deal with it. And if you find something um, that, that they're dealing with, then it's, it's quite appropriate to deal with it through prayer, which is how I came out of it. Amen. And, um, and also it may require medication or psychotherapy or, or something else. It- Is there a difference between gender and sex? You know, gender and sex are are innate at conception and do not change. So um, the idea that they can change their gender or change their sex uh, is not true. And um, God has already set that in motion at conception. So the rest of it is just a folly. Yeah. And, um, and so uh, we're, we're dealing with a great deal of misrepresentation about gender and sex is something that uh, happens immediately at a conception and is unchangeable. Right. So and that's, I think that's one of the early moves that was made in this whole conversation. And I think maybe it was actually uh, feminism a hundred years ago that was starting this conversation that was saying that basically gender is something that's different than sex. Mm. So you might have a particular biological sex, but then there were a lot of uh, the, the philosophers and activists were saying, but, but gender is, you know, defined by cultural norms and, and things like that, you know, who takes out the garbage or who cooks dinner, uh, who yeah. ch- changes and that, and they wanted to make gender fluid so yeah. gender is sort of a spectrum, and so but but by disconnecting gender and sex, I think that was opening sort of the Pandora's right. box for saying well, that you could you know you could have you could be something gender you you could have a ge- different gender identity from what your body's biology was. 
Right. Well, the, the key with pulling that apart is the political power that they can assert in changing laws. With, without uh, the ability to change, quote, change genders, which they can't, but they've convinced people they can, right. they, they don't have any power to change the laws that they change and say, well, people can change, they can change your birth record and all that. Well, this is, um, this is just how far down the rat hole we've gone with mm. this nonsense. And, and I, it's very disturbing to me because I've been working with them for 10 years and too many of this populate 19 times more likely to have a successful suicide after they've changed gender. So, yeah. um, we're, we're dealing with something that isn't just a benign deal. It, this is serious business. Why, why is it? I mean, so there's actually a fair bit of medical documentation that trans surgeries don't actually help people. You just, you just mentioned the um, exorbitant rates of successful suicide. Um, You mentioned, you know, regret, ongoing, just personal dysfunction and so on. Why is our culture pushing this so hard when the medical science doesn't even come close to supporting it? (laughs) Yeah, well, it is a huge, powerful political lobbying tool for the left uh, to get funds from George Soros and many other groups. It is primarily uh, a political play to take over our schools and to do all the things that we see happening uh, with this whole, quote, gender identity issue that is really um, something other than what they're telling us it is. And that's why uh, my book, Trans Life Survivors, is such an important book uh, today because it, it deals with those issues and it helps people understand uh, how much political power is behind it and why uh, the church is right to continue to say this is unchangeable from conception and not waver on that point. Christ- Christians, it seems like we we have this soft spot. I mean, naturally, I mean, we have, you know, because we understand the grace of God, the compassion of God for us in our sin, we naturally, I think, want to be compassionate and sympathetic, but it, it seems like this has been used um, to manipulate Christians, mm. um, where, where we have, we want to be compassionate, and so the, the liberals, the hard leftists are saying, well, come on, Christians, you have to be compassionate, you have to be nice, you have to be loving, so don't you want to let these people, you know, be who they truly are? What, what, what do you say to Christians to help, help us under, like help us be strong in the right way and, and still compassionate? Yeah, well, I, I, I like that we want to help them be who they truly are. That means prevent them from becoming transgender. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the problem is that uh, the truth is offensive and people are afraid to be offensive. So then they are by... Um, that whole issue, afraid to tell the truth. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't happen yeah. to fall into that category. So, um, <laughs> I mean, neither uh, do we, you know, they, you know, they, they, you know, they call me a crank and a quack and I don't know what else. I mean, they've got some pretty colorful names for me. I kind of like them um, <laughs> because, because that means I'm over the target and I'm getting exactly where I need to hit. So, Amen. Um, yeah. Amen. So that's why, helpful. Why has this become a cultural problem now, Walt? I mean, 20 years ago, I mean, could we have ever imagined that men were, you know, be, you know, 
require required yeah. to use girls' bathrooms. I mean, it's crazy. We just had the the you know the North Carolina thing a couple years ago where they passed the bathroom bill, and then you know there's this huge hue and outcry from Hollywood and all you know New York City and L.A. Um, why this problem right now? Well, because we've had a lot of um, LGBT powerhouse lawyers changing laws that have continued to reshape our society. And we're looking at uh, gender as something different than sex, which it's not. We've been sold a bill of goods and um, we're, we're going down this path that is going to be very, very difficult for society to recover from. If we don't continue to have uh, very strong discussions like we're having today, this is hurting people. There's nothing good about telling a young child that you can select a gender or you can change your gender. It's not healthy. It's mm. not emotionally healthy or psychologically healthy. And the, the numbers of children that we're injuring with this and destroying their lives, even I get letters from them who changed early on in life and now they can't have kids. Yeah, and uh, because of the hormones that they took, um, and this is what leads them to commit suicide. So, uh, we, you know, uh, Paul McHugh uh, many years ago said we need to stop the madness. That was in 1978, and yeah. we're still trying to stop the madness. Wow. Mm. So, what is what does repentance look like for uh, both physically and uh, in in also dealing with the actual sin involved? What does repentance look like for someone who? is uh, wanting to get out of this lifestyle? Well, first you have to get on your knees and confess you were wrong and um, admit that you've been living a life that is contrary to what uh, God designed for you to have. And uh, then uh, begin to, um, you know, if you've had surgery, do as much surgery as you can to have your body corrected. And then to live out your life uh, serving the Lord Jesus Christ in a way that helps people and, and, um, as, as I'm doing mm -hmm. and, uh, guide them to see the light of Christ and, and not follow this LG, LGBT ideology, uh, that is actually taking lives and where the Lord Jesus Christ is saving lives. Well, thank you so much for joining us on cross politic. Thank you for your ministry. Um, uh, sexchangeregret.com, walthire.com are two uh, websites to go to. Yeah, I also out. recommend God and the Transgender Debate by my friend Andrew Walker. Also, When Harry Became Sally by Ryan T. Anderson. Uh, thanks so much, Walt, for joining us. Trans Life Survivors, too. Great book. Very good. All right. Until next time, Knox will be here. <laughs>